All right, well, thank everybody for coming. Um, so this is the Warrant Committee conversation with the teachers of Medfield, whatever you wanna call yourselves, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, on the um, educational program piece of the, I guess it was in the PSR or whatever, the MSDA project. So um, I think what we'll do is maybe before we start, we'll go around and introduce ourselves. And then I would love to know who all of you are too, because my kids went to Dale a long time ago. And sadly, <laughs> not too many of you look familiar to me. So it would be good to put some faces to some names. Um, okay, so I'm Sharon Tatro. I'm the Warren Committee Chair. Steve Callahan. I'm the newest, one of the new, new members of the committee. Bob Warren, fourth year. Newton Thompson, colleague of Bob's, we started together. Christine Barton, I started with all of you guys. So. <laughs> Jill Raptor, um, new with Steve this year. Hi, Eileen Callahan, um, fourth grade special educator at Dale. Um, Kirsten Cole, I'm a resident in town and also I uh, work as a library aide at Dale and also at Maxwell. And Island's also a resident. Sorry, I'm a resident. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Chamblin, I teach fifth grade at Dale. And Aaron Meek, a grade teacher at Dale. Um, Shannon Maxwell, Medfield resident and grade four teacher at Dale. And I'm Kelsey McKenzie, fifth grade teacher at Dale. Christina Delaney, art teacher at Dale. Kristen Levanji, Spanish teacher at Dale and also a resident. Ian Gilberti, I'm a um, full-time secretary at Dale. And Kathy Thompson, uh, 38 years in midfield, coming up on 25 in the school system. <laughs> Leanne Pisa, I teach fourth grade. Lindsay Warner, I'm the guidance counselor for grades four and five. Nicole Plimpton, I teach fourth grade. Great. I don't think I, any of you were there when I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? I'd like to make a comment. We, we, um, we formed this subcommittee uh, for the Warren Committee about um, two months ago with the uh, with the importance of what's coming on and our intent was to put facts on the table right? and that's our most important uh, issue here our, we as the warrant committee have to make a determination <coughs> and as to the uh, issue that well, the article comes before the committee at uh, the uh, the town meeting we take a, a position that's either to support or to recommend dismissal of any article that comes before the town. So in a special town meeting, it'll be particular to this. Um, so it, we felt it was very important to uh, go forward, put the facts on the table as best we can and publish them. And uh, as you'll see, uh, they've done a great job in terms of the Warren Committee uh, um, webpage and, and, and pointing people towards facts. Um, our initial meetings we had, uh, we started with the Board of Selectmen. We met with the, uh, the PAC that was in favor of the Wheelock site. We met with the PAC that is in favor of an alternate site. Um, we met with the school committee and we met with the school building committee. Those were the first five and we had them scheduled. We also had subcommittee meetings met with some of the main issues that came forward, such as water, such as traffic. So we tried to get those items that had, had, had risen up. Um, during the course of this, we've gotten a number, a lot of questions from citizens about specific issues. So we've had to, we've tried to address those questions and where necessary, where it's appropriate to expand 
uh, from those first five meetings. And uh, so we had one which has been very prominent. What about the future of Dale? The property itself and what's going on with that. And there were many questions on that. So we had a special session. And we've also received a lot of questions, which is what about the teachers? What are they saying? What are the educators saying? So that's that's the reason that we have this. So this is really a, a great opportunity for us. As we said, we, we, we conduct these and Sharon will tell you it's, it's really the dialogue, right? We're not, we're not this is not a, an inquisition on anybody's part. <laughs> we really want to get information so that we can make uh, informed decisions. And it's been a very active role for all the members of the Warren Committee. It's that important. So um, just want to, that's kind of framing that and that's kind of where we've been. Appreciate you having us. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we, we met with the school committee, <laughs> but that was a little, you know, inconvenient date for teachers. It was pretty much right when you guys were starting school, so we were all too afraid to Thank you. ask you. <laughs> It's we not were, busy at all. <laughs> yeah, we, we were too afraid to ask you in, I guess it was August when we started yeah. trying to schedule them all, and we would like to give you your summer. And then when we did the school committee, I think it was the 8th, so I'm pretty sure it was like one of your very first days of school. So, um, because... I mean, I'm just looking at one of the emails that we got from someone in town that has a bunch of questions that we'll get to that kind of talks about outdoor classrooms and different ways you guys would use them and stuff like that. So we definitely want to ask you that. Um, but those go back to like September 1st. And then in the last um, couple of weeks, we've had a couple more. And then I know we've gotten a few from some of you that are here. And so um, we just think it's important to be able to have the dialogue besides that. You know, there's been a lot of... Um, and I guess I'm not sure exactly where we start, except for one of my questions anyway, is that when we were talking to the school committee, like, and even to the SBC, a lot of the discussion is around the fact that they chose the site because of the educational program and how they felt that it fit one site better than the other. And what we've been hearing is that both sites fit it. It's just that the SBC determined that this campus fit it better. And so um, I guess my question is why? And I don't know if any of you have any ideas on that and maybe we can start with that and see where the conversation goes. Yeah, just one more okay. point I was gonna make that when you, you were speaking is that, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from a lot of people, but one of the things that's come on is yeah. people have raised the question, well, wait a minute, we get a good education. It's a good school system here. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and in a couple of occasions, it's been, well, you, you can't speak about that. That's good. And this is, we're not questioning the quality of the education that's being performed right now. That's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not, and we're not saying that, it, that, um, that what's been provided is not a good system. And uh, and it's been it's documented here that um, it's it's said that both sites, you know, we, we go to load that stage. If both sites would provide a good school that would meet the mission, and the, and the superintendent spoken to that, you know, there's been a couple of things about there's been people have been very defensive about special education, saying when well, special education is 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 being performed, and you know, and we're not we're not saying it's not. What, was, what, we, what we're trying to find out is what makes one situation, what makes the suggested situation, recommended site, a better system. Okay. Not, yeah. not the, can, I, can I make a suggestion uh, before we start talking about sites? 
Um, maybe we could start at the beginning because I, I, I'm interested if uh, any of you were involved in sort of the, uh, the education. You know, I understand there were some meetings with like Arrow Street and yes. trying to, uh, you know, try to look at the educational program uh, without regard to site. You were sort of trying to study what, what was the best educational program for our kids, right? But if anyone is, you know, here that was part of that, could explain kind of what you what your role was, what you did, you know, I think, you know, we'd like to understand that, I guess, so. And then before everybody starts talking, if you're in the back row, just talk louder. I think this can see you and it can probably pick you up, but I, I just want to make sure that this can hear you. Well, I guess I can speak as a grade level leader that um, I was invited to some of the first Arrow Street meetings that we had in the Dale Street Makerspace. I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head what the date was, but it was with the whole school committee team and Arrow Street and um, just an overall sense of what the project consisted of. Yeah. So I do feel very included. We went back and shared that with our grade levels as well. And then from there, they also had meetings with each department. So fourth grade met, fifth grade met, specialist met, special ed met. And we got to sit with them and brainstorm what would we ideally see in a building. And we all shared our ideas of what our dream school would look like, which is really fun to play around <laughs> with what a dream school would be. Um, and then they came back another time and we got to play with these blocks that were all in our teacher's room. And, what would you configure the school to look like? And we got to play around with what, now that we've given you our dream ideas, they had like, okay, this is the office, this is the fifth grade room, and we got to play around. So yeah. that was fun too, to get our hands on. And, and even before that, a bunch of us volunteered for meetings at night where we would come, I forget how many weeks, a bunch of weeks, and we came at night and volunteered our time with Arrow Street, with the school committee, with um, you know our principal, superintendent, everyone, and talked about all of these ideas, like started from, from the ground. What, what does, what do we want this school to represent for Medfield? What about, you know, the Wheelock site is, is we, we've talked about, you know, that site and how important it is to this entire school that we built. Like that's been, you know, um, a part of it. And we were, we were fully involved. So is that time frame back in like early 2019 or yes. before that? Before, like before. 2019. I mean, I'm not perfect with dates, but it was before, like, well before the uh, pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. We really felt involved as part of the process, like, just in terms of how it's gone down from, you know, grade level leaders meeting with the teams, bringing that back to our grade levels and having, you know, discussions about it and then signing up for, to be a part of the, you know, community vision um, nights that Kelly was talking about. Mm -hmm. It's really been a positive process. And this was before any discussion of any site selection, Wheelock versus Dale. It was just more your ideal school, what your ideal school would be like. And at one of those meetings, they had, they had shared the various sites, the sites that they had talked about. They shared kind of where they were looking, and they showed us some models of what they were thinking. Mm -hmm. Even before it was Dale or Wheelock, we saw like very beginning stages. I think there were like four or five yeah, I was talking about like. Hospital Hill at yeah. one point, like all we heard a bunch of different ideas. Okay. That's great. So it sounds like you all felt like you were part of that initial educational planning. Uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, okay. 
So um, after all that input, uh, they went away and they designed something and then there was the big reveal to you all. Um, how did that, how did you all react to that? Did they hit it on, on point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they hit it out of the park? Yes, or? Out of the park. I think it's unbelievable. I think to tie into your original question about the educational plan, like mm -hmm. that was all talked about in these meetings and the Wheelock site is going to provide so much collaboration from grade two through grade five. And that opportunity is so beneficial, both mentally, developmentally, curriculum, SEL, whole nine yards, because the age difference between second and third graders and fourth and fifth graders is much different than what we have at the Dale Street site with pre-K K-1. We don't do a ton of collaboration with Memorial because our students are so much older than them. But in terms of the educational plan, if you look at the Massachusetts curriculum frameworks, grades two and four and grades three and five have science and social studies standards that build off of one another. So if this building were to be at the Wheelock site as it's designed, it was designed so that collaboration between teachers and collaboration between students. So you could have a second grader and a fourth grader working on a landform project and the opportunity for a second grade teacher and a fourth grade teacher to collaborate on how second grade curriculum will come back again in fourth grade. And oh, what did I miss in these gaps? So that's one huge benefit of having it at the Wheelock campus is that educational plan for curriculum. And then in terms of their mental health, one of my favorite things to do as a fourth grade teacher that I get to do because fifth graders are at Dale is I get to see my students in the lunchroom. The kids going from fourth grade to fifth grade know the faces. Like my classroom was next to Erin's last year and they were like, I really hope I have Mrs. Neek because I know who she is. Mm -hmm. For kids that really form a connection and a bond with a teacher from a previous year, those can be rewards and incentives. Like I've had students ask me before if they can come have lunch with me as a fifth grader, like if they earn it. Mm -hmm. So those opportunities would be there at the Wheelock campus for third graders to see their fourth grade teachers and vice versa. Um, and then the social emotional piece for teachers and staff, just being able to walk across a field and ask a question, not have to set up a phone call or an email if you have a question for a teacher about a student that you have in the class this year. We see the third grade teachers every so often, but that collaboration, speaking personally as a fourth grade teacher, um, is huge. And in terms of materials that are shared for the educational plan, um, we have Wilson reading materials, um, walking classroom, all of the grant funded things, the um, Google viewfinders, the robots that we use in a maker space, which we lot doesn't have. All of those things are going to be able to be used by multiple people in multiple classrooms. And that won't happen if it's not at Wheelock. The collaboration and things is the positive part of the plan. That's the positive part of the Wheelock site is the ability to be able to share all of those wonderful things that the town of Medfield is able to provide for their students and all of the curriculum knowledge that teachers have from grades two through five. Absolutely. Even as, as much as just having the library having a two three library there there are often times where we have students that can't access the books in our own library in our four or five library and so we use this inter-office mail a woman comes and literally delivers books right it takes a couple days it's like a carrier pigeon system <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's ridiculous it's so old-fashioned like you know, we have access to a whole new like all of these books their level reading room we have access to our, um, our benchmark assessment system for reading only starts at a certain level. So if you have kids below that level, 
you have to go and you know drive over to Wheelock. The two through five, we share things more. Like there are materials that can just so easily be transported between teachers and, and collaboration can be so much easier. It just makes sense. And a lot of curriculums are developed for three through five. Yes. If you look at most of them are three through five. So professional development, along with resources, it just gives us an opportunity to collaborate even at a deeper level. Yeah, yes. and kids have to see stuff like hands-on and so do teachers. Like if you're talking about sharing books between buildings, it's one thing to get books online and think that you're, you know, fitting their best needs, but if the kids are able to go to the library there and pick out the books themselves, they're way more invested in what they're doing. Right. Speaking as someone who's had a special ed class each year, kids on IEPs each year in Medfield, I've had kids that have needed books from Wheelock and they have to be delivered, like Kelly was talking about, and the kid has to go down and get them. And it's if, like Leanne said, if they can go to the library and have access, like, oh, there's materials in here I can read, it's really good for their self-confidence as well in terms of kids that may not, like, may need materials that aren't necessarily four or five if you're looking at a grading scale of and vice versa, that also leads us to Wheelock. Like the Wheelock kids who are higher and high succeeding, high, they can walk over and take out a book at our library or use the resources available at the new school, would be just as helpful for the Wheelock school as well as the new school. So, in a perspective of, so because it's, you know, you, you hear, well, we've always done it this way. So, it's been four or five forever, and it's been two to three forever, and then we've had the separate schools, and it's it's kind of the midfield model, right? And I think, I guess my question to you is, you've, you've worked with that, um, and what I hear is you, you overcome it, but as you see the need, a new school needs to be built, which we're all in agreement on, regardless of what the site preference is. So we all agree that a new school needs to be built what I hear from you today is this is an opportunity to close things that you've had to overcome, as it were. I mean, is that, I don't want to yeah, put words in mouth, but that's because you're saying it, we've always got, you know, my, my kids went through four or five until so they went through their school. So, you know, they've all gone to college. So, and you see, you know, so I don't think it argues that. I guess the question is coming back from you is, yeah, we overcome it, but this is an opportunity to. to so I can speak on that path because I actually attended that field. I went K through 12. And as a, obviously, here I am teaching it again, successful, <laughs> like made it out. <laughs> but, but there was every start of kindergarten, second grade, and fourth grade, there was that anxiety piece that would creep up. And because you are going to a place that you don't know. And sure, you learn from that. There's growths that come from that. You learn to adapt. You learn to get to know people. And you learn to adjust. But you got nervous every year. You were either the bottom or the top every year. Every other year, you switched. And even I'm thinking back, I'm the oldest of four. How nice would it have been to see my siblings on the bus or see a friendly face out on the playground or having a tough day and walk outside and see my neighbor who's two years younger than me that you don't get to see just brightens your day just a little bit when you're having those tough times it would have been nice growing up to see a more variety of people rather than just that small niche of those two grades because you don't see them until you go to middle school and all of a sudden you see 
a grade that's two years older and these people are strangers and then you get to high school forget it they're like you've never seen anyone that much older than you in your life <laughs> so i do think that having a campus feel would allow for that transition piece and that emotional piece that it's okay to be around people who are that much older than you or that much younger than you and learning how to appropriately act around those people too is also an important skill and just I'd like to chime in really quick. I worked um, for 14 years in another school district with this campus model. It was a high school, um, the grade three to five school that I worked in, a middle school and a lower elementary school. And I worked with fifth graders and we could just walk over to the middle school two months in advance of this transition. Um, kids on the spectrum, I'm a special educator, kids with anxiety, even just kids that are nervous about the transition. We got to go over there numerous times. Um, so the campus can really work, you know, and it's really beneficial to everybody, but especially the kids. And I think back to like your question too, like we're doing our job, we're teachers, we're gonna adapt, we're gonna make it work. We're always gonna put in our best effort and we're gonna make whatever environment we're gonna do it. But our one of our core values is continuous growth. We can do better. We can do better at a new site where we can grow with the outside learning, with the collaboration between both schools. And so we're always going to put in our best, but we can be better. Mm -hmm. That's best for kids. Yeah. It's taking what we have and making it stronger and better for kids, which is the bottom, at the end of the day is our job. And I think, too, um, I have a perspective both as a parent, as I was aunt, working in school. And I think when I moved to town, um, 12 years ago, I didn't realize how big the transitions were going to be for my kids. I didn't dawn on me. And I think even as a parent going through it, um, it didn't seem as big from the outside. And when I started working in the schools, you look at it and you realize that not only are these kids adjusting to a whole new building, they're adjusting to every single staff member is different. It's not just a different teacher. It's all of the teachers are different. They don't recognize any teachers. They don't recognize any of the um, cafeteria staff, secretaries, the nurse, like everybody is different. All of your specialist teachers are different. And so even some when you see the fourth graders who you think of as like big kids coming into Dale, they're so little. <laughs> and like you can see they're very overwhelmed and all like they're it's a it's a different culture. And you have like when we when they come into the library and we give them a whole spiel, it's wrong totally different than it is at Wheelock. And not that it couldn't be like that, even if the buildings are next to each other, but you like and said you could have opportunities to test the waters and see what it was like um i think as a parent and a staff member i think that bridging that transition alone would be such a huge benefit to having the school school and just to piggyback off that i just keep thinking this that i had two years ago and he had been through some trauma already in his life and he cried the first two weeks of school and we had everyone involved and it was I said to him, what's the hardest thing? Does the building smell weird? Struggle with reading, lost a parent, 
Um, and just shouldn't have had to go through that for no reason. And I'm sitting here like, he's like, I don't know where the bathrooms are. And we had done like six tours where the bathrooms are. And again, it's still going to be another building. We understand that. But what he really wanted was just something familiar. And then I think about another kid. I was you know, emailing a third grade teacher. And then, you know, I said, oh my gosh, I don't think you know. I'm, you know, sending her a message on Facebook. Like, can you call me about this kid? Seven o'clock at night. Like, I would want my child spoken about face to face. I mean, I don't, it's personal. I don't feel comfortable conversing because, of course, she called me, but I'm like, this should have now it's 8 o'clock at night. Like, this could easily be a personal conversation between face-to-face, -face, and we all know how the, the social media can work, and all these other branches, they're great, but they're not as down-to-earth as having a face-to-face -face conversation with this teacher. Mm -hmm. And I thought about how I would want my kids' future teachers to talk about my kid, and that would be face-to-face. -face. It's a behavior issue. And I also think like there's just there's so many opportunities. I have another kid this year, and his reading goal was to find books at meetings level. And it broke my heart because I realized I didn't have any second and third grade books in my library. I did at one time because I used to teach quite BLO. Um, but I went and read on scholastic books and ordered a bunch of you know Cam Jensen, like and of course I could go down to the library, but that's just one more step where I could have easily just on the morning into my ride to work, you know, was on my way in that 20, 40 minutes we have to prep. Or on my prep break, gone down and grabbed a bunch of books for him, and how uncomfortable he must have felt to say that in front of a group of kids. I just want to find books, and he is on an IEP, and it's just these little things that are just there's no need for it anymore. Like if we have this opportunity before, we had to kind of cope with it, but now we have an opportunity to kind of close those mm -hmm. things for those kids. I mean, selfishly, we all have our reasons to. We're in the center tent. Great, I can run out to Royals when I forget my lunch. But like, <laughs> this isn't about me, and I have to separate that. This is about the kids, and like. Why wouldn't we do something to help them make this transition? Most schools do not transition into two years. Mm -hmm. um, I was in college and I was anxious as could be, as we all were, to start something new. And it, at 18 and 19 years old, that's how we feel, even coming in here today, I'm anxious. You know, nothing against you guys. <laughs> it's something different, it's something new. And, and now we're making kids do this and we've dealt with it, but why are we making them continue to deal with it when we have an opportunity to stop? So that's my last piece. But. <laughs> While we're talking about transitions to the having the new school at the Wheelock site eliminates additional transitions for kids because disruptions and things will inevitably happen if we're building the school at Dale. Like the kids are going to have to go somewhere. We're going to have to go somewhere. And the major one of the major benefits to this school is that it's going to eliminate some of that anxiety going from two to three to four to five. But it's also going to eliminate any disruptions that they could potentially have if the building was built somewhere else. They'll be able to stay at Dale Street. And then when New Dale Street is ready, we will go to New Dale Street. And there's not going to be this anxiety of, oh, where am I today? Where am I this year? Where am I that? Like the opportunity to have it at this site is going to eliminate immediate transitions for them and transitions down the line. The part that's into one of the questions that you had. Um, oh, about the uh, about the impact of modular yeah, idea, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, so one of the you know um, one of the options that the, the Dale Pact is, is suggesting is that um, that we sort of demolish the existing Dale building. And that we um, use either available space at Blake and Wheelock. So the, the, the fourth graders would go to Wheelock, I guess. The fifth graders would go to Blake. And that uh, whatever room 
is available, we use in those buildings, and then we use modulars, you know, to supplement that. And um, so that's that was that's the option that they, they're sort of uh, you know think is is better than the existing bail options. Um, and um, you know, I'm just curious what you think about that uh, in terms of what does that mean to, to what you do every day? In terms of some of the people behind me can absolutely speak better to this, but in terms of the idea that fourth grade would be at Wheelock and fifth grade would be at Blake, um, we have one principal, we have one guidance counselor, we have one school psychologist. So if there is an emergency, one nurse. One, one nurse. <laughs> like the best nurse. But yeah. what? <laughs> like where there's just so many logistical pieces of it. teachers so i'm gonna let yeah. other people chime yeah. in but it's logistical pieces that i can totally understand if you don't work in a school like and you're not doing this every day like that wouldn't come into your head but the logistical pieces of like okay we're gonna do a fire drill today and there's a dale street protocol and there's a wheelock protocol or if you're in a modular and the modular in the parking lot is where classrooms a b and c are supposed to evacuate to during a fire drill but now there's a module there like it's those types of things where we have one person in all of these expert domains and if the kids are going to be in different locations all of that needs to be addressed we've also already been in meetings with where superintendent jeff marston has stated that there is no room in those schools for us to fit that is that is not a real thing we cannot just go move into blank yeah there is no room another issue is we're already very challenged by space issues and <laughs> so i cannot imagine running two to three pull-out groups in a modular i mean looking at the one at the parking lot at dale street right now no way i couldn't do that and yeah you know the other thing is that the transition is really hard for kids but also having lived through three of the building projects so far in my now 25 years it's really hard for kids. It's hard for, I mean, a lawnmower goes by a window and we've yeah. lost half of our age. Yeah. <laughs> mind being a construction site. They don't know where, to, you know, they're going to different places and different modulars. The anxiety piece is really high. Um, the safety issue of just going to school on a building site and having to try and make sure that that's all safe. You know, wheelchairs and crutches in and out of modulars was a nightmare when we had the Blake and high school project. It was really hard for kids. And just coming off of, you know, hopefully COVID will be gone when we're doing this, but we don't know that. And just spacing has been a real challenge in our buildings right now. And trying to put less space for kids would not be, um, I think, healthy for anybody. I think that's so. Sorry. Well, one of our core values is collaboration too. And when you think about modulars and you think about all the work that we do as grade levels to, you know, do what's best for kids by, you know, working together and coming up with lessons when you're talking about staff in different locations, how does that collaboration really work? And yeah. is that best? That's that's super challenging. And I can only imagine that that impact on kids would be felt too. And how long? 
Two years? I think, yeah, we could have to be at least two years for any kind of construction. Yeah, off of that, it's like we're a Dale Street family. So we are a community, we work together, and we really need to think about our kids in this situation, what's best for them. We're talking about less transitions from school to school. What are we talking about putting them into modulars? I know modulars can look great. Awesome. But why are we going to do it when we have a school that we are trying our best at right now and we can get to somewhere even better? And I just think that we really need to think about this is for the kids and to put other things aside and just really think about them. Also, hopefully COVID's gone, but we've had three interrupted years. We would like to have some years of normalcy back. And I don't think modulars is that way to go. I think too, thinking about your day, if you're a fourth or fifth grade student at Dale, we have such an amazing team of teachers in Medfield across the board. And part of the reason that our education is so great is because of the style that we teach. Kids are up moving around in groups, working, they need space. So in modulars, certain types of modulars, like the space, the type of learning and the type of instruction that we would be able to give would be impacted. And like, I think it was Nicole said it earlier, like we'll do our jobs anywhere, it's our job, but the type of teaching and instruction that we're gonna be able to give and the type of learning and enriching activities and education that the kids are gonna get are gonna be impacted based on the space that they're in. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Because I think it's very important. Is to say on the educational mission, um, you know, we look at the, the Dale Street space, it's 58,000. So, and, 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 and then, you know, the proposed school is 95,000, right? Yes. So, speaking as you spoke earlier, you talked about the your involvement with it. So, um, hopefully, hopefully, we didn't get your dream school. Okay, so <laughs> we can't afford your dream I know it was the dream school, and I think we had been backed off from that. No, it's pretty close. But when you talk about the space and you talk about your, your teaching method, and I think, you know, if we have different teachers here, it'd be great to hear, you know, because when we had the meeting with the school committee, we we were educated, you know, that uh, there's no, it's not a library, it's a media center. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not an entranceway, it's a learning stair. You know? uh, you we know. learned about makerspace. Yeah, maker, yeah. The makerspace. Yeah. So we're all being educated in that. But, you know, maybe collectively, you know, could you speak more to that space and how, and, you know, the current teaching philosophy, as it were, so and how it fits? So my classroom is currently 680 square feet. So my classroom and Sarah's classroom are the two smallest general ed classrooms. My classroom last year was moved because we couldn't accommodate for the COVID. So like I'm teaching in a smaller space, the new classrooms at Wheelock or wherever the school is built is gonna be huge for me. But if I'm thinking about a day with my kids, I have tables in my classroom where kids are sitting together in order to collaborate. I have a rug for group work. I have flexible seating options. I have standing desks. All of these things that we make fit in there. When we think about a modular, that's a lot of stuff to move. And it's also not all going to fit. We have whiteboard tables. We have stools. We have things that make the day great for kids and help them move through their day. And space in modulars is not going to be the same as space in a new building. And also going off that, the opposite. I think the new buildings classroom, they said at one of our meetings that they like 
when they showed it to all of us. Mm -hmm. They said the room's like a thousand square foot, which is currently bigger than my apartment. So there's yeah. plenty of space. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Right. But in there, like in my typical day, and I can't, I have lucky and have one of the larger classrooms. And one of my favorite things about having a big classroom, which is not even that size, not even a thousand feet, is just having the space to do center. So I'll pull a teacher table or I'll have kids sitting at their desk and doing individual work to do a little check-in. Or have kids doing a collaboration group on the rug, or maybe I have them doing a project, and I have three different groups all over the room, and they don't want to have their classmates hear their their secret idea or whatever it is, and they're all collaborating in different spaces. I have kids who come to me and be like, "I can't find a spot to read because it's too noisy," or "I can't find a spot to read because there's nowhere comfortable for me to sit," or "I can't find because it's kids are all over each other." They're they're all there, which it's a classroom. They're supposed to be close, but if we can have a space where we can have a little reading nook over here or a little cozy corner over there or a breakout room over there where they can get away from each other and they can have their own space, why wouldn't we do that? Areas for recording, we're always, you know, kids are recording their thinking constantly. We're constantly using Flipgrid and, um, you know, Screencastify and all sorts of things yeah. for kids to be recording and they need quiet spaces to do that. They go in the hallway, it's loud in the hallway. So, um, and there are some kids that need a quiet space to get away. It's, it's you know, they need to put on the noise canceling headphones and go and, and take a quiet moment. And having larger class spaces because even though you fit all those things in your room right now you know poor shannon was just saying to me this morning like i look around here and just feel like it's always a mess like it's way too small you know when the kids are all in there their their back their chairs are hitting each other like 600 square feet is not is not large enough for well, and the state requires 850 square feet per classroom. Right? I think they designed it to 900, not. Oh, okay. 900. Yeah. 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 I think district, so the MSBA stipulates what that space should be, right? And I think that's what the school is designed with that space. So we're, right, not, right, right. we're not building this thing out to accommodate. Yeah. And, you know, we're working within the MSBA guidelines. Yeah. Yes. And that's why the school space. Um, without the gym is pretty much exactly what MSBA requires for that space. Like my kids necessary for right. like the way that learning happens now, that space is necessary. Like school doesn't look like it did when I was in fourth grade. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's just like, like kids, kids aren't sitting at well, that's, that's the right. That's the point I'd like yeah. to hear. You know, we, we kind of use the old, so we get the elevator pitch. So, so, so tell, you get in the elevator with somebody who says, that's not how it was when I was a kid. <laughs> Can you give me the? Yeah, I mean, give I still have pitch. parents that laugh sometimes with me during a conference, and they're like, "Oh, we didn't learn like that." It's, I mean, it's funny when you look back at it, just how things have changed over time. And even me, like I did grow up here in Medfield, and I was a student at Dale Street School myself, along with Kelsey and Margo. And I'll tell you firsthand, you know, we are moving around the building all the time. Kids are constantly working in project-based learning opportunities, and it, it's just different. Right. <laughs> I mean, the way that kids are taught now, it, it's about inquiry and it's about being creative and learning to use your outlets in a different way. And you need space in order to allow kids to do that. Yeah. Because when they're all at their seats learning from a teacher, it just doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. I mean, my math block today was a math workshop. I was on the rug with uh, a fourth of my students. Another um, fourth of my students were on technology, and then half were playing games with each other that were dealing with the content. We couldn't all be on the rug together because 
we were all working on subtraction, but different types of subtraction. Some are going across zero. Some are just doing three digit subtraction with no regrouping. And so within my classroom, I have all different types of stations going that rotate. I need movement and I need space in order to do that. And I think too, just to kind of, we're supposed to do stream tables and it's, I have one of the bigger classrooms, so I'm fortunate that a stream table requires probably two hours of prep and you know i'm going to do it with miss isaacson's class just so we can get that experience together but i'm like i need sand i need water i don't even have a sink in my room fine i'm sure the new school no matter where it is well but i'm sitting here like okay i need like a whole corner of my classroom to stuff myself like, and it's so cool to be able to do that i mean the other alternative is to put it on a video and i'm thinking i don't want to advocate for the music department i want them to be able to speak for themselves and i had a brief conversation with one today but i'm coming down the you know i've been teaching 15 years and i used to have a quiet line going through the hallways that's how i was raised you know you don't talk in the hallways those days no matter my teaching style has not changed and i still try for a quiet line Doesn't <laughs> and, uh, I and i'm like what am i going to do scream and yell and march up and down like it's just you know it's not appropriate anymore and i wouldn't have done that my first year but i'm watching and i'm like okay kids we're going to gym and everyone's oh gym excuse me and then all of a sudden we get there and i realize i'm interrupting the entire music lesson with my mind and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and here's the music teacher crammed into the hallway with her students and i'm like how rude of me like i'm trying to get to pe on time and there's a class going on that has to stop their class and i'm next to the music room i love music you know I'm and all day long it's boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> i'm used to it but i'm also like you know <laughs> Street, I'm dealing with be bigger, but is it really going to be designed to help the, the aerodynamics and all the, you know, and again, who's, I love being next to the music room, but I'm like all day long, we're hearing, you know, that it's the flute lesson, and like that was said, the lawnmower goes yeah. by, and there's yeah. no one yeah. more yeah. intentional than me, and I'm like, okay, yeah. if I'm feeling this way, you know, the space is not designed for that, I just don't think, you know, I think, like you said, everything, what is different, I think the kids are different. The kids don't respond well to just sitting in their seats and writing. I, if if I have a classroom lesson and all of our professionals tell us it should be 15 to 20 minutes per May lesson, and the rest is hands-on. So they're up in the room moving around. Yeah. Um, they're not sitting at their seats. MCAS is torturous because it's the first time they have to sit at their seats for that long, and they don't do well with it. Um, so I think that's just kind of a broad answer to that but you know i want to get in there and be able to have the space to set up the science lesson after school and know that it's going to be there and i don't have to move it right after i'm not rushing on my prep if my meeting goes late to try to like get this done because i have to clean it up as soon as i'm finished yeah, and i'm sending a student to get the water from the bathroom and so we've designed that with arrow street we've designed a science a stem room so imagine if margo you could set that up and then all the fourth grade teachers could go through and use that classroom and use that one set of imagine the time it saves imagine you know and so we have a room for that we have designed classrooms that have breakoff rooms. So Erin and I are co, I teach her students um, social science and she teaches my students social, social <laughs> studies. And our classrooms will be, you know, in a pod with other fifth grade teachers, not the music room. You know, the music room has its own section now. It's not, that won't happen anymore. And she and I, not only will we have classrooms next to each other, which we don't have right now, we also have breakout rooms and we've designed this entire building ready to go ready for all these all these amazing ideas and needs we have yeah. and you know imagine if our kids can meet in there in a small group or 
Right, special ed students who need to get something retaught. They can go into this breakoff room. They can, everybody has this space to have a quiet time to record. Um, we've designed this whole school with Arrow Street exactly what we've asked. So, in that, in, every, in that regard, so the school yeah. itself, mm -hmm. right, if we're talking about site, mm -hmm. would not be different. Okay, under uh, under the proposal, right? I, I, as presented, right? So your discussion on the campus, the discussion on disruption, um, I think are are relevant to the uh, campus, right? Versus because you'd have the same space. It'd be the same in, school. It would be the same school the as same proposed. School. That's, that's a on, proposal on the site. But the timeline would be different. Oh, no, yeah, but so yeah. so, but but I, I think that if left? you could just speak a little <laughs> bit, well, and speak a little bit about you, know, you talked about the, the the collaboration between the two schools. So the you know from my perspective, and I'm, I'll stop talking in a minute, although I never do. But uh, <laughs> uh, that um, you know the campus. You, you, you pointed that out and you also, the consistency of an elementary campus with two through five. Um, you know, when you're talking about current learning, we've talked about this, there's talked about um, the outdoor learning, right? And the space, the space that's available at the Wheelock campus. So can someone speak to that in terms of so today I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I was at snack, the kids were rallying, and I was just for some reason having a tough time doing character traits. I just took chalk and said, okay, we're going, we have to go outside for snack to the space. And I said, I want you all to pick a square. And of course, you know, the grid, the gravel's gonna read it that well. I said, I want you all to take a piece of chalk, I want you to pick a box and pick a character, and I want you to fill that box with your characters. And it was probably in my day the one lesson that I feel like we were the most glued to um, because they were moving. They were spaced out, they had a whole square, they were all their character traits on one side and then the other side connected it. Probably in a classroom, on a paper, my guess, that's not as exciting to them. They're, they're out there with fresh air. Um, you know, I feel like we don't realize how much we do. We can do things outside until we are given that space. And like I said in the last meeting, COVID forced us to kind of open that door up. Um, you know, I was out there looking for examples of weather and erosion. I think it was not this week, but last Tuesday maybe. And of course, I've done this less than so many years that I know exactly what to look for. But I'm getting bored of looking at the same three or four things. Wouldn't it have been nice if I could actually gone into the woods and found real examples instead of looking at the crack in the pavement? And so with the geology unit in grade four, you know, what kind of things could I do? I could find examples of weather and erosion. I could show them landforms. All right. And I'm back there walking my dog every morning. It's a beautiful campus back there. I mean, you could the possibilities are endless when you're sitting there doing things like math facts instead of sitting there four times four. Could you toss a ball to each other across mm -hmm. the court? You know, could you do something that's kinesthetic? And again, I'll speak for myself as a kinesthetic learner. Um, I've been, you know, on my own route doing the same stuff, and I'm like, wow, I could make this so much more fun for them. Like acid rain, I taught that last week. Can we find examples of acid rain? So I. I think if we are given that opportunity, when I was in, we luckily had an outdoor classroom. We were marching up and down in the swamp back there, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, maybe I'm a swamp person, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I still can specifically remember looking for evidence of beaver damage. And I know that sounds funny, but like we were looking at how all the trees were chopped down, and and those things stuck to me. And I, I guess I'm advocating for my type of learner. Um, but just we all know what it feels like to be stuck in a cubicle or in, in an office all day and just step outside and get that breath, breath of fresh air. Even adults want to sit up and have their lunch outside when they can. Um, and I saw it again at the high school the other day and I said, oh, wow, I, I can't tell what was really going on. I was dropping my, I think it was dropping my baby at the daycare or whatever I was doing. 
And I thought, oh, they're all like going out for lunch socially. Like it gives them more opportunities to sit with new people. But at the lunch tables, you're six by six, and this year, three by three. And I'm like, they're not cohabitating and learning. And snap is a cool time if you could ever like drive by and see because they're all having these like conversations with groups of kids that they wouldn't in the classroom. Um, so, you know, I, I guess if you needed me to come up and brainstorm some other lessons that I could quickly transfer to that with the space, I could happily do that and email you guys some examples. But I, can well, say I, I think it's just in that context. And, and then and, 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 but the flip side to that, so you talk about outside space and the opportunity to do things. There's been a lot of discussion about moving the school takes away the opportunity for fourth and fifth graders to come downtown to to explain explore independence and that that would that would be lost is that something i mean i, 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 I can tell you none of the business owners downtown appreciate half days when kids walk out <laughs> town they actually they want our schedules they have to put more staff on they feel like they have to babysit people's children um having generally i have to go from dale street to the high school for meetings on those half days Kids are running through traffic. It's a real safety issue. So that walking uptown, we try and discourage um, with parents at the Dale Street level not to have kids to do that or not to have them all do it on a half day as opposed to you know, picking a random Friday to do it. And, so, and, and some parents, though, apparently feel as though it's a big deal. So my question is, as you as educators, do you feel as though that's trading something off that you're gonna to have to overcome, you know? So I would say, as someone who, as a fourth grader, looked up to fifth graders and couldn't wait to walk up town, looking back, sure, yeah, those couple days walking up town were fun, but I don't remember fifth grade walking up town. I remember walking up town in sixth grade, in seventh grade and eighth grade, where you're right there at Lake, you're right there, you can walk up one year later. But I think if you were to weigh it, I think when you weigh the pros and cons that we're looking at here, walking uptown those 10 days doesn't equate to what the new campus could provide. Well, that's my question. Well, yes. and when you talk about social emotional right. learning for students, there are some parents that don't believe in that. And that really puts parents and kids in a tough place if they feel ostracized when they can't walk uptown with their friends or, you know, what that implication might be. Like, sure. those kids really that was me. I was a really <laughs> young mom. Or like, like, the kids that they oh, they're not included. They're not included. Like, guys, are having a birthday party, please don't come in and talk about the birthday party you're going to. It's the same thing with uptown. Like, eight of your no, students are going uptown. You're too left. Right, you're right, right, right. You sit there, it's like gut-wrenching, you know. Yeah. Where where'd they all go? And there's a lot of kids sitting there waiting for the bus, and you're just like, oh my gosh, that kid didn't get included, or it's a new student, or that was my kid. that was that was my kid because they would it's your heart. They would have a destination imagination meeting after during the half day, and they would say, um, oh well, we'll all walk uptown and we'll do this, and then we'll have the meeting. And I'm like, well, my kid can't go then. So and I'm at work and I can't get him there, so now he can't do the destination imagination meeting because. And what about the bullying that happens and, you know, the, the the stories that kids come back with, we've had to have discipline issues after that. There's kids buying kids on their bikes, like endless, like issues and, 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 you know, things, problematic things have come up from, from the walks uptown and, and there's a lot of drama that's associated with it as well. The mileage difference. I mean, I do not like to run, but I've run four marathons. So every mile, <laughs> staff counts. You walked like to five to 28, yeah. you know? I walked it. So like a South Street. From Dale, from Dale, 
Yeah, so I walked it. So from Dale to town, it's like half a mile. But then from Wheelock to Starbucks, I walked. That was like my my destination was like one point two. So I mean, it's a farther, but not like insurmountable. And I feel like if bikes. kids are together, yeah, they can walk you. They don't really, you know, they'll just walk, you know, and they'll reach the town. And I think the moral, is, that it's, the moral of the story is, if this is something that's important to parents then this is still something that they're going to be able to do at the Wheelock site. And I don't think we're going to sit here and convince people that walking up town is a rite of passage, but it doesn't need to happen because we feel bad for the kids in our classroom that are left on the bus. But I think if it's something that's important to you as a parent at the Wheelock campus, it's still doable is the bottom line. And it's also not a trade-off. Like Kelsey said, if we're wearing, if we're weighing that against all the other benefits of the Wheelock campus, 180 days. 180 versus days 10. versus 10 half days walking uptown. Seems if that upsets some people, I mean, and it, it, especially if you can still do it, it's not like Wheelock is six miles across a highway from uptown. So if it's and there's little sidewalks too. Oh, sidewalks. Yeah. Yeah. Sidewalks. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. 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 Even, I think you could be good for that, but I know I'm not the health expert here, but I mean, an extra half a mile walk at nine years old is nothing to that. Right. Um, and I'm sure there'd be people along the way like looking out for them. Maybe even you wouldn't have to rush hour traffic. I think about the days you don't, if you're not a teacher in a school system or a parent, you're driving through town and a construction work site or whatever you're doing, you're not expecting that many kids flying through the mm -hmm. center of town. And yeah. it's the whole entire center of town. Um, it's congested, you know, and I always, Think about that. Like I say to them, you don't. And I said this the other day, and I truly mean it. Who's texting and driving that's not paying attention? At least with the wheel out coming up that way, there's a little less purpose of people being like coming through the center of town for Starbucks, Royal, Papaginos, the bank, the cleaners. I mean, everything is right there, and they have to go through it to get to it, and everyone just come in one way. So I don't. Personally, I would want my kid to walk that extra half mile if it was them in the rain. But I think we're acting like it's this major, like the center of town's going to now struggle. And I don't see that personally happening because I feel like people, kids have a will to do that. I mean, look at kids night out. They come back on a Friday night when that's something that was popular for years yeah. and they have already gone home, but they're excited to come back and see their friends. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I well, I think it's it's hard to make the, the distinction, but I think the question that you answered was that when you weigh the benefit yeah. to what you might lose, it's still pay for that. I have a couple more things about outdoor classrooms before yeah. we move on from that. That'd be great. That's okay. <laughs> um, so I know we're talking about the difference in site location. So I want to talk about how Wheelock would be the better site location for outdoor learning. And the first thing, because <laughs> our first job as teachers is to keep our kids safe. Educating them is second. And doing outdoor learning at Dale Street, at the Dale Street site, we have Walking Classroom, which is an app where you can do an online lesson and you put it in your ears and you take a walk and you listen to the lesson. It's a really awesome tool. We walk from Dale on the street. We walk from Dale to Memorial and back. So if there's a wooded path that is designate, designated for that, that's amazing. We've talked as teachers, we've had input about what's gonna go on that path for educational things. Kelsey said fifth grade has talked about putting the planets in there. There has been a whole bunch of talk about ways that we can integrate that into our learning. Parking lots, the parking lots at Dale Street, fifth grade went outside this week to trace their shadows in order to fit every shadow of a fifth grade student, you have to put them in the parking lot. Um, fourth grade, I went outside to do my stream tables because I didn't have space. So I went outside to Can do I my- Can I ask a really stupid question? Are you guys actually making a stream on a table? 
Yeah, like, so like a water stream. Yeah. So it's a bunch of, I just want, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's for landforms. So it's mud and mud. It's soil and you put it in there. And okay, so the it was drips. really a stream. I just yeah. thought it was missing a term at first and then you started to describe it. <laughs> 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 Teacher lingo. Yeah, no, it is. We're actually making a stream. But so I went outside and so I brought my class outside to do it. And when we went outside to do it, there was PE, two music lessons, guidance counselor was taking a kid for a movement break and then there's my class doing science and at the wheelock site that won't be an issue at the dale street site there's not going to be any more land than there already is there there will actually be less because the building will be taking up more of the open space kelsey and i last year this is i'm mortified to even tell this story but i brought my kids outside for a movement break and they were screaming and yelling because they're my kids and kelsey's kids were taking mcats and her windows were open because it was COVID. So she's texting me and she's like, hey, Shan, like my kids are taking MCAS. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And Kelsey's like, no, don't be sorry. That's what you're supposed to do. You're using the outdoor space. But there's just, everybody doesn't have enough of it. And the moral of the story is the Wheelock site is going to have enough space for everybody that wants to take their kids outside for outdoor learning, whether that is a guidance counselor, whether that's a classroom teacher for a movement break, whether that's PE, whether that's an academic lesson, there's going to be enough space there for two and three and four and five to be able to utilize that space. And there will not be that space at Dale Street. Mm -hmm. Did you have did you have something you had wanted to say before? It was a while ago. Okay. <laughs> you sure? Okay. I kind of forgot. Okay. Well, if you remember, <laughs> just wave and we'll make sure you have a chance. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> what do you say outdoor sure. space to use that? We lock is it just the field space that would be new with the new school, the outdoor classroom, the existing, you know, kind of playground green area space there or do you guys also consider like the road that goes down back those soccer fields over on that side is it all available for you so is it like you have to stick to that part of the, the campus i think we're assuming we're sticking to that part of the campus in okay. terms of otherwise but i think i mean those of us who are from town would love to use that space if we're oh I yeah you'd have That's to consider nice. like if there's a dog off the mm -hmm. issue you know, those would be the things but i think if okay. that were the case i mean and that's I don't, I haven't heard the answer to whether that space, but I think we're also just considering that space that would be where our school is. And Shannon was describing a walking trail. They're making a, an actual like path. Yeah, they're going to put like, you know, we were saying, I think we put the solar system along or like mm -hmm. put different, yeah. and that's going to be an actual like path that can be that's followed, something we don't even have right yeah. now. Well, yeah. I think we have that, you know, side to the left. And again, you know, you have that opportunity to like have a buddy in third grade and do like a tool recess or something fun. I think you still have that space, you know, where the fields are and the softball fields to the left in the yeah. front of the building and even the garden. Like yes. I tried to do a garden with my class a couple years ago and it's pathetic. I've got a window box. What's in there? I know. Too much shape. I think wild potatoes or something. I think that that would be like gardening is so therapeutic and it can tie in so many standards. And I had that garden as a kid. I'm a huge gardener. And I would like to think it had something to do with that. I mean, you're talking about food, like growing your own food, organic. So you can mm -hmm. put that into intramural soccer school. You can tie that into so many things. Like, I think it was teaching second graders how to yep. garden. And, the you know, seed process, so like just, you know, the plant cycle and all that we teach. And like, it would just be so much more hands-on to have that experience, just even like a garden space to share. Mm -hmm. with us. Just the potential, the potential of what we can do with it. And I think we talked about it, like, 
COVID really opened. That was a huge silver lining. I'm going to speak for myself. For me, is thinking outside the box and thinking, what can I really do with my kids outside and seeing how much the kids that don't necessarily learn their best sitting in a classroom learn outside because there's different types of learners like we've talked about. The potential and the opportunities for us to continue our professional development and collaboration and continue to learn and grow and enrich those experiences for kids is much stronger with the available space of your life. Now I'm going to say you've been trying to talk. Well, no, no. I <laughs> so I'm just curious before I, I ask my question, I'm just curious, how many, how many of you either grew up in Medfield or live here now? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, okay, good, about half of you, okay, okay. Um, so one of the things we try to do on this committee is we try to be sort of balanced and ask sort of questions on sort of both, both sides, right? So we've heard a lot about um, what, um, you know, we, we know both sites would meet the educational needs of, of, of our children, right? Um, but one was chosen because it has, in the view of the SBC, more advantages than the other site, right? And you guys have articulated a lot of those tonight. So I'm trying to, um, I guess I'm, I'm asking this question a different way, and that is, uh, can, you, can you think of, just try to think of an educational benefit to the Dale site? Yes. I actually played that role as well because I think I mentioned this last time. But it's hard for me when I see some of my own friends' dads and moms on the other end of that. I don't want to be disrespectful to their wishes, but I tried to think on that end of what is a benefit of Dale, and I racked my brain. And I'm not just saying this to just sell it. Like I literally could not, for the life of me, come up with one advantage for the students' learning. I could come up with advantages for myself which was like, oh, I loved this school. I have happy memories. And nope, doesn't count. And I did, I, I really did try. And I just cannot, for the life of me, come up with one. Um, I went even in the avenue of history. Is there more? We don't teach yeah. the Medfield history curriculum. And if we did, what are we going to do? Go down the basement and look at the old I just, I was really trying to see both ends of this. Yeah. Really. Um, I have a 72 year old dad who I, you know, would, would assume he will do anything for the schools. And my grandfather said it, he said it. I said, does it bother you in the textbook? Because people did it for my kids. So I'm going to do it for other people's kids. And that mentality, like looking at Dale at Dale, like if I felt there was something to give these kids from my childhood that would help them, I just cannot personally think. And again, I went down the music route, I went down the art route, I went down like math, science, I went down like social emotional, and I just can't find. When you look at the diagrams and you see that giant building there, do you, do you know that we lock, that um, Memorial and Dale PE share the field and baseball field? They share that. That's the one space for, for PE for both schools. Where will they have PE? Where will Memorial and Dale have, have PE? I think with a building that giant on that tiny property where there's already a field hockey field and a baseball field. I just don't, like you try to picture it and you try to think of the advantages and things like that start coming up. Like, well, how would this work? Well, where, you know, where would we plant a garden? Where would we have PE? Where would we, okay, we have to make these borders. The kids are not allowed to go on the sidewalk, right? When we use the small amount of space that's already there. So 
the buildings would be twice the size, right? Mm -hmm. And we already don't have, like we've been explaining, don't have enough outdoor space. So how would it work? Yeah, that's the thing. Like if, if the argument is, which it, it, it is, you could have, even if we say you could have the exact same building at both. And so all the inside the building benefits right. are the same at both sites. Right. Hopefully you've heard from us, the benefits of the Wheelock site, the potential there is yeah. just so much better than at the Dale Street site for right. the yeah. future of education and all of that. So when we look at it as educators, like trying to think of a positive at the Dale Street site, we take the fact that we're going to get the building at either site out of the equation. And then you're kind of left where Kelly and Margo are. Like you're just seeing all of the things that potentially like, where's this going to go? Where's that going to go? Yeah. Not even to mention all the loss of potential for kids if it is delayed. Like think about the Time potentials on. that if we bump it, we don't know when it would go up. That's multiple years of students who are going to miss out on these awesome potentials that they could get from the new campus. They don't want to open a can of worms because they don't know enough about the project that happened with the middle school and the high school. But I was, you know, I was at the, I still confuse it. I went to the high school when it was designed that's now the middle school. And I just, you know, that was for those of us in Benningtown, was a big nightmare. And I don't really remember the logistics to why, but I'm just afraid that that same thing would happen at Dale. Like, are we going to set up a building? You know, and for whatever reason, I'm having my first child at 38, and I don't want to speak, but a lot of my peers are just having kids now. Is there going to be a bump in 10 years? And we don't know that. But I just think, why are we going to trap ourselves in one spot when there's a potential to grow and yet kind of merge, even if we had to someday, you know, put, when I went to school at Wheelock, it was K through three. You know, and that was awesome. I loved that. You know, I loved being able to travel through those years. And I just, I worry even if, even not knowing a lot about that, that that same thing is going to happen again if we stay at Dale. And I thought, well, maybe kids, I think kids, it's good for them to have transitions, but not at that age and not to just keep traveling for schools to travel for schools and new bus routes. I mean, I even tried to say, is the bus route going to be easier? It's not. I mean, kids are confused. This can be what 12 bus they're on when they work and visit. We spend the first two weeks trying to transition them with those minuscule things. Like, and no offense to the music department, they're awesome. But kids are so confused to where's this, where am I going for this lesson? And it takes away time when they could be learning if they were going to one building for those consecutive years and then the same teacher, same faces, you wouldn't have to merge all that new stuff in every year and change it on them. Like it's just not fair. I mean, I just could not to like me come up with one benefit. And if someone has one, I, I would love to. No, no, it. no, that's okay. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 but I just thought we should yeah. need to ask that question, yeah. you know. Uh, but, um, you know, no, it's that's very, very helpful, you know, to sort of, I mean, in my mind, this is, a, this is the kids are what's important here. Sort of, you sort of lose track of that sometimes. But uh, so hearing from you is important so yeah and the dale street school just doesn't match our educational plan it's our educational plan best matches at the wheelock site <clears throat> school it's funny my, my kids went to a k-8 school in franklin i live in franklin and when i came here i just i'm like so they move from <laughs> they go here and then they go here and then they go here so and then they kind of like it's a lot of <laughs> yeah and to think of putting a fifth grader who is, you know, turning 11 with the 14-year-olds in a, you know, in a middle school building developmentally, that makes no sense as far as stress level for kids, developmental level, even like Memorial having kindergartners with fifth graders on the bus. 
um, can be very odd. I mean, a lot of kindergartners get an education from our fifth graders. <laughs> yes. I remember my son, like the first day of kindergarten, came home and said, how come you never told me I had a swear favor? <laughs> I have a question. Do you feel like the voice, like I've learned a lot from you guys tonight, so thank you so much for coming and just your perspective. Do you feel like your what you're saying tonight is the like the majority of the teachers at Dale Street? like the collective majority or like I read somewhere or heard somewhere that, you know, it might be like a small population of, you know, of the teachers, but do you feel that this is like what you're saying tonight is the majority of teachers at Dale that feel that way also? I don't want to hog the floor, but I only have to probably the person that we tend to be on the polar opposite end of things who spend a long time and I respect her. We do not agree on most things. And I, privately said, like, listen, before I speak, I want to know how you feel. Like, I, I love you as a person, as a friend. Like, again, like, if you, and she, we had a nice conversation about it. And she's like, I don't really, you know, it's easier for my commute to work, <laughs> like coming through town where she's from. But I'm like, I personally feel like we as educators come up with difficult conversations all the time. We have difficult conversations around homework, around our classroom policies. We are constantly in meetings where we have to, you know, some people won't speak, and that's just the nature of, I think, any place that you work at, that there's quieter people. And I don't feel that anyone, I would I would hope and I think that most people who did have a different opinion would have spoken up by now, based on our, our history and our past. Uh, we've had very, I don't even know what the word is for these types of meetings we've had over Homer policies, but you know, Kelly and I are good friends, but we've had opposite views on things and contentious over things. But I also I feel like as a professional, it is our job to advocate for children, just like it's difficult to email a parent sometime and say, I need to call you and tell you about what happened today, or I need to tell you your child is struggling. Like those are difficult conversations we have on a day-to-day -day basis. And this in my perspective is no different than what we do on a daily basis for kids is have difficult conversations. So why now would it be that people aren't speaking up when for the history of my 15 years, we have spoken up over these things. And okay. uh, this is not a, this is a very important issue. It's heartfelt. People are passionate on both ends. It's gone places it shouldn't have gone in my opinion, in terms of respecting one another. However, um, I do think as a faculty, it is our job to advocate for children. And whether that's telling a parent that their child may have a special need that no good parent wants to hear. We do these things daily. We talk, we have you know conflicts of interest, you know, whether it's specialists versus teachers just being more considerate of like getting to the you know schedules on time. Like why all of a sudden I haven't heard anyone on the other end speak up and I just have a hard time understanding why they would it now because all of these issues are here for jobs if you wanted to look at it from that perspective. I don't think, in my opinion, anyone is fearing their job. I think people are fearing the social media aspect of saying something and having it put mm -hmm. on social media. Our letter. And it's been that way with COVID. We were blasted on Facebook. We were blasted that we didn't, you know, and it's just a very awkward position to be in when, you know, taxpayers are paying for your position. But I think it's our job is you can't use the excuse that you're afraid to say anything anymore when you weren't afraid on all these other issues. And you can't use that as an excuse as a professional. We're here to advocate for children. So in doing your job, I, I feel that that's that person. If there are those people that it, it seems strange to me, there's 60 total staff, I think, are around there at Dale Street. 
we eat lunch every day together and conversations happen. So why isn't that coming up in, in the midst of this? It's just and our letter, our letter was signed by over 50 Dale Street teachers. Our letter was created by all 50 people had input in that letter. It was started by 10 teachers. Okay, 10 teachers started that letter. And then every single person who signed that letter was able to edit it, add to it, um, give their opinion. Some people did not want to sign simply because simply because they don't want to get involved. They don't live in town. They don't think it's their right to get involved. They don't pay taxes. Not It does not mean that they are on a different side. That was, that was a letter that you read at town a town meeting. The, that was that was a draft of it. Okay. That was not me that read it. You emailed it to us, right? Yep, we, okay. it's been yeah, it's town meeting. It's been it's been posted, and it was a joint effort. It was created by many staff. Yeah, we had multiple meetings where it was a living document. Everybody had access to it. People were typing suggestions, changes. We met at least three or four times before we sent that off, and. People yeah. had multiple days to sign it. It wasn't like sign it in the next three hours or your name's going out without you. Like me, it was a week. Think about it. We're having a couple of meetings, having conversations in the lunchroom. By the end of the week, let me know if you want to sign it. And if you have questions, ask me. Like, that's, so that's over 50 people saying that that the Wheelock site supports our educational plan. And you, somebody said there were 60 I think there's around that. I don't know because you also can't compare. Our website's not updated, so we can't. You can't use our Dale Street website to compare faculty names. It doesn't work that way because the website wasn't updated. So that's good for the town to know. Okay. And to speak to a point that Nicole previously made, uh, the way that we work at Dale Street is really as a cohesive unit. We don't believe that you know a classroom teacher is more important than a specialist or a custodian. So when we found that this was something that we were really passionate about doing for our kids, we wanted to talk to everybody in the school that's involved in working with our kids. So you will see signatures on that letter that are not classroom teachers, that are not your language teachers, that are not your art teachers. But we think it's important that these are people that have an impact on our kids' daily lives too. And we couldn't function as a school without all of us. Mm -hmm. So it's important every single name that's on that letter because it represents who we are as a school. Mm -hmm. And to just kind of clear the air on what others have said, we have forever been encouraged by Dr. Marson and Mr. Grenham to bring our differences of opinion to the table. Mm -hmm. And like Margot said, like Kelly said, we've had tough conversations. And what it's helped us to do is to grow from each other. I would never once feel intimidated to bring a difference of opinion to any table I sat at in the school district. And I've only been here for four years. So I think that says a lot. If Margo's feeling the same way after 15 years, no one's afraid to speak their mind. And if they are, there's plenty of people in the school that they can confide in and talk to that can help them to get to that point. And we support each other. And our goal is the same. We all, And that's what comes back to it. Like our goal is where our job is to do what's best for kids. Mm -hmm. And this opportunity to speak to all of you and to be involved in the planning and sign the letter, like it's brought all of us to have conversations. Like we didn't agree. Maybe we didn't agree on where the music room was going to go or the bathroom or something. Like it wasn't like it was all kumbaya, but we like everybody has said, we talked through it. And if someone at like, I don't even know like how much to say, like Steve and Jeff, like Dr. Bryson and Mr. Grenham, like, they want you to talk through those conversations. Mm -hmm. They encourage you to do the tough work because they have built a family of teachers at Dale Street. Like I come to work every day and love the people that I work with because I can feel comfortable saying 
something like Kelsey. Oh, Shannon, your kids are really loud for MCAS. Like I, okay. So sorry. I'm not gonna go to the lunch and be like, oh my god, Kelsey. Like I'm crying in the bathroom, Kelsey. Like it's we have the relationship that we do because we have tough conversations. So I 100% would agree with Margot that we have had tough conversations in the lunchroom. We've had tough conversations about this school, about anything. And if people wanted to speak up, they normally would. So I feel like if they had something to say by now, they would have said it. And everyone did also have a say back when we were originally Absolutely. talking about it too. Everyone's voices were. Maybe we can get you guys to come and teach us grown up we need you to teach us <laughs> does anybody have any more questions i just have a an observation uh very early on in the uh, conversation I, I think the uh teacher in the back row made this statement that um, um all of the staff uh within dale street just you know they do their best with what they have and they make it happen mm -hmm. And yet, at the same time, I know that the working environment, so to speak, of Dale Street School has inhibited you, or it's, it's an extra burden. And my observation is that uh, um, in the new environment, the new um, um, Dale Street that you're also excited about, I can just see the unleashing of a lot of energy and uh, passion that uh, will only benefit the kids in the educational program generally. So Thank that's you. sensational. Thank you. Thank you. And kids love a happy teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I particularly like the happy nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have any other questions in particular? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you guys have anything yeah, that you yeah. want to talk about that we haven't people, asked you? If there's anything you want to say, say it. Can I just say something going back a little bit to the modular thing? Mm -hmm. I understand that whatever happens with construction, um, if we were to be doing it at Dale and things would have to be moved, it would be a temporary thing, right? Say like two years. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking of long term, you may think, well, you know, you can make anything work for two years. Well, we've just gone through COVID <laughs> and it was a year and a half of it's not over. Right. <laughs> of, of completely changing education and having to do everything over. And it was traumatic. It was very traumatic for the kids, for the staff, for me. <laughs> um, and I think that diminishing those two years of having to rearrange everything in a way that I can't even imagine. And we just did COVID and rocked it up, obviously. But um, to have to once again, start from scratch and figure out where are the music lessons gonna go? How is that part teacher gonna have a, her supplies in a trailer? And how are you gonna have a library at all? Can you have a library? I don't, so starting all of that, even if it would only be for the time of the construction and you say, well, well, we can send some here and send there, it would be a huge upheaval. I think it would be traumatic again for everybody involved. 
Sounds chaotic. Yeah. Yes. Well, and these are the kids that, like, the kids that are going to potentially be in the new building at Wheelock in 2024 are the kindergartners who, or the first graders who have never had a normal school year. So instead of putting them in a brand new building, they're going to do their daily years in a modular. If, if the timeline works out, yeah, they would ever right. that soon. Right. Which is the hope. Right. Which, the hope, which you don't know. Yeah. If the other. And not to mention also just going off that like oh yeah we'll just put them at lake they can use the lake resources well lake doesn't have a gym available for space so where are these kids going to be doing PE where is the art class going to take the logistical like, yeah logistics. so it's COVID for us not only yeah. is it going to affect us but we're affecting Blake and Wheelock mm -hmm. that those kids are going to suffer so now we're looking at second grade through eighth grade. Dealing with it's not exactly. just true. Not just two years. It's not so. Yeah, that's also your point is that the educational programming gets disrupted for exactly. a thousand oh, kids. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. We don't even want to think about Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 logistics, all of them. Food allergies. Yeah. Food allergies. <laughs> yeah. I work in the office, and I have client coverage for IEP meetings and subs and stuff like that and so we need everybody like i reach out to everybody in the building and if people i can't even fathom what it would be like to try to find coverage for people if they're in another building and i'm like oh campus. Campus. right <laughs> <laughs> i need you here in five oh my gosh it would be in a bathroom break would be impossible I <laughs> anybody it, else yeah anybody else have anything you want to say? Well, we just want to thank you for letting us be heard. And we want to thank everybody that's really, you know, put a lot of time and energy into this. And at the end of the day, we're really out here advocating for what we think is best for our kids. And as teachers, you're always going to get that from us. So that's why we're here to talk to you tonight. So we're all here giving up our time and we've been bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a toddler at home. So, <laughs> so we're just really grateful you're hearing you know, us. As I said, we've been on the foreign committee for four years. Sharon's been on for about 42 years. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it feels like it. It's a little great. We won't tell you how much of my hair is actually white. <laughs> It's a lot. One of the one of the real uh, benefits and privileges, really, um, of being in the Warren Committee is we get to meet with every department. And um, you know, when we this this is the beginning, and we're going to be pulling together the budget and looking to make sure all this works. Working with the school committee and with the school department, but also the police and fire and all the other departments. And that's really for me, it's been a it's great. The, 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 the school building committee; these are all volunteers. And, and the resources of the town coming together. And that's why I said to you, in, in, not in jest, that if we could have the same collaborative spirit that you have as a, as a teaching body, uh, I think we'd be all better off. But it's a privilege, frankly, to work with you tonight because I it, it, it just gives me a, a great feeling for the fourth and fifth graders in our town, regardless of where they are. Yeah. You guys are, uh, are a blessing for us. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to say I'm a little bit sad that my kids weren't in fourth and fifth grade. <laughs> Um, my kids were there when there were three principals in two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So that's when they were there. Yeah. Wow. Yes, Chris. Yeah. Can I just ask a favor? Um, 
in the I, I'm just hoping that you guys can solve a little bit of a factual dilemma because if you look at the statement of interest and the square footage for the classrooms, it doesn't agree with other documents. So if you guys we can take a look, that would be great because I think the statement of interest says like 11 classrooms are like between 900 and 1,000 per square feet, like half half the classrooms. And, and I've seen other where I believe totally believe you guys. It's just frustrating when you see different. Numbers sure. in different places. If you guys can clarify that, that would be great. Thank you. Okay. Do you want to make your favorite motion, Bob? Yeah, motion to adjourn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, let's go around. Jerry. Thank you. One second. Yes. 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 Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.